Your 2015 boredom is over and a new year of boredom is just starting. It's Mo Show's recap on Post Show Recaps. Goodbye last year. Hello this year. Hello, Antonio Mazzaro. Hey, what's going on? Antonio, how you doing? I'm all right. I'm happy to be talking most shows uh, here in 2016. Most of them. Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. Uh, Rob Sesternino, you're here as well. Rob, how you doing? I am here, Josh. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. It's been so long. Yes. It's yes. been a while. It's been a while just in terms of me being on Mo Show's recap. You guys have really been holding it down for the past few weeks. Yeah, Josh, we were here for you, let me tell you. We took care of business while you were gone. We talked some Nathan for you. Uh, we did some very Murray Christmas, uh, and, and we missed you. But, you know, we also we forged on without you. It was good. It was good stuff. Nathan for you, fantastic show. Very. I haven't gotten a very Merry Christmas yet. Save it for next year. Save it for next year. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of past that season, but here we are, firmly in 2016, starting to get back into the podcasting groove. Uh, Rob, you've already been busy on RHAP. It feels like the podcasting groove never shuts off for you. No, no, it's supposed to be the slow season, but plenty <laughs> of stuff going on. Plenty of stuff going on. All right, so here's what we're doing. Most shows recapped back in business. Uh, somehow, I found myself in Rob's chair in front of his microphone. I don't know why we have these uh, seats have been rearranged. Yeah. Hey, yeah, must be nice, Josh. How's it, how's it feel in the big boy chair? It's warm. It's like he never gets up. Uh, <laughs> nice butt groove in there. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of nice. It's toasty. Yeah. I, in all fairness, I feel like it makes a lot more sense for you to be driving this bus. Why is that? Because I feel like, just like if this was a car... Really, it's like I the really, kind of thing where like, you drive a lot and you just need somebody to, to take over for once. Yeah, I drive a lot, but this is your neighborhood, and I don't really know where we're going, and then you're holding the navigation, and I'm like, where? hold on, where, where, where should I go? What should, I, should I turn this way? Should I turn this way? It makes much right. more sense for you to be driving this car and for me to be sitting in the back seat making wisecracks, asking if we're going to be there yet. And Antonio, you're kind of like the GPS nav in the front with me. Yeah, to be fair, of the three of us, I think I look the most like a bus driver. So <laughs> that, that at least makes some sense that you would say, and the person who looks the most like a bus driver would be driving. But yeah, I'm happy to be like the, the Terry Crews Waze voice of just kind of, you know, shouting at the roundabout. I'm, I'm happy to kind of jump in and do that. That's it's good for me. And one other important thing about how we're doing the show right now is that we are attempting to do it not live because we feel like that that's going to give us a little more room to breathe with the show as opposed to where we're live and we have to have everything sort of like at our fingertips. And sometimes uh, we feel a little bit rushed. This way we can uh, be able to talk about whatever we want. We can stop down for a second if we need to look something up. And we can also take your questions ahead of time. And I know that a lot of the people that listen to the show can't make it live anyway. So it's not going to affect people too much, I don't think. Hopefully. I mean, I'm still giving out as many props to Antonio as I can just <laughs> on like a sidebar conversation we've got going on right now. Thank yeah. you. I'll put my hand up as well. I yeah. appreciate that. So, yeah, no, I think more guests, more questions uh, can only be beneficial for us to be able to take different times, record at different times when it's convenient for people that might want to join us. So happy to be doing that in 2016 here on Most Shows Recapped. Totally agreed. I mean, this bus really has become the magic school bus where like, we've got wings, we can fly now, we can schedule podcasts around other guests' uh, availability. So this will be good. I think 2016 is going to be a fun year. And of course, you guys can always get your questions into us at postshowrecaps.com in the comments sections. You can tweet our way at postshowrecaps. You can tweet to Rob at Rob Sesternino. Antonio is at AC Mazzaro. I'm at Round Howard. Uh, and you can email questions in postshowrecaps.com slash feedback. There's a feedback form there. You can 
get us voicemails, posturerecaps.com slash voicemails. So we want to keep you guys as involved as humanly possible. But today, we're really emphasizing the most shows aspect of most show recaps. We, we usually talk about one show, maybe two shows at absolute most. Today, we're talking about all of the shows. We're going to close the book on what we finished watching in 2015, how we enjoyed our, our holiday breaks, and what's coming up in 2016, which is, uh, spoiler alert, a lot. There's a lot coming up in 2016, so much that we're not going to even come close to touching at all, but we'll try. We'll try. So let's let's stop there. Let's before we shut the door on 2015. Rob, how did you close out 2015? What were the shows that you were watching on your break? If you had any time to watch anything at all? Well, over the winter break, I don't know if there was uh, too many new shows that I started. I mean, I had been watching uh, Making a Murderer and I was able to uh, finish that out. I actually just did a podcast about that here on post-show recaps. I finished also uh, Master of None, which I know Antonio and Mike Bloom had covered a couple of weeks back. And I think I was probably more lukewarm on Master of None. I know so many people... What was your problem with Master of None? You know what? Honestly, I really didn't like the relationship stuff. And I know that people really, really, really love this show. I thought that most of the parts that were not about Aziz and Noel Wells were really funny. Like, I really enjoyed a lot of the stuff with the friends and I especially enjoyed the episode uh, with Aziz's parents. I thought that was, that was great too, but I just felt like the relationship stuff uh, was too rom-com too rom-com. I love the relationship stuff. I did not relate to the relationship stuff. Yeah. Why, why is that Rob? Like was she was, was the, the nature of the relationship like something that you just didn't find to be, realistic in some way or i mean i think the the show get that got a lot of kudos for the relationship stuff for showing kind of the highs and the lows the ups and the downs not the, enough lows i thought it was too cutesy not enough fighting too okay. too cutesy i liked uh mornings that was the episode right <laughs> yeah 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 i thought that was really good i thought that was that was my favorite episode of the of the series yeah not me i did not care for that or <laughs> or when they went to nashville i feel like uh most of the episodes that were centered around uh, aziz and noel Wells. and she was good she was fine i just didn't find the story to be uh something that rang true for me it's just because it it hit too close to home with your secret desire to run away and make pasta in isolation <laughs> which is what we've really been after all I, these years. I think what rob is saying is that noel walls wasn't mean enough to aziz ansari and that's why it didn't resonate with him and you can draw your own conclusions about that josh <laughs> yeah <laughs> overall i just kind of felt like it was a little whiny overall like i felt like that their problems were not real problems and i felt like that they were sort of manufacturing uh issues where well, they didn't have to be as a as a brooklynite i can tell you they're very brooklyn problems like yeah. they were they were very much having new york problems for sure it is very authentically new york at least today is new york yeah it was a little bit i just kind of wanted to say shut up stop whining both of you uh-huh. yeah that's uh, that's the millennial part, Rob. I think that the uh, Aziz is sort of this voice of the millennials, and I think that the downside of that is this that maybe we can't relate as much to, which is that some of these problems are really just seen as not necessarily real problems. But there, I mean, I think for other people, they really did. I'm not really, I'm not mocking anybody. I think for other people, they're a lot more resonant. Is that it? Yeah. I'm out of touch with the millennial comedy. Maybe I am too. I don't know. I kind of feel that. I mean, I, I did like the morning's episode, but uh, I can see your, your criticisms of their relationship issues are more like, I'm just not happy in my life. And I want to, you know, I want to do this. And it, it stems from them when they're 24 or 25 not making a decision and sticking with it like the people that i grow up around the midwest like that's what people do in the midwest is you know you you plan your life out at 24 or 25 and you started and 
if you're 32 and complaining about it, you did something wrong. And yeah. so I don't oh, that's, know. That's yeah. very, that's very in in New York right now. Being 32 yeah. and complaining about it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm in that area. It's, it, this is very in. This is, this is how it goes. I mean, I'm doing it myself, but, but I think that like that, that is, I think that it, there's a difference there. There is a thing that people are kind of as they, uh, you know, in their early 30s are doing a lot of the things that we used to do a lot earlier because the the world is much more open, I feel. People- yeah. So, I mean, I just, a friend of mine had similar complaints about some of the decisions that were made at the end of the season uh, by some of the characters and kind of feeling like, oh, well, those aren't really realistic and don't really resonate with even the context of the rest of the show. So I guess your mileage may vary on Master of None as we're finding out here. And when it was funny, I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought that Aziz, and beyond that, I mean, Aziz, and sorry, obviously he does comedy, but I didn't realize that he could do drama as well as he could. So that was one of the things that I thought was really great, that I thought that him as a leading man, I thought that he was, you know, it was great to see him not just be Tom Haverford all the time uh, and to show a little depth. So I, I loved it, I, but mileage, mileage may vary. What did you think of, not to spoil your podcast on making a, a murderer, but what was, what was your overall take on that? Yeah, I feel like it's very gripping, the whole thing. I mean, if you're just judging it as a work of, you know entertainment and i don't mean to you know take the case of Stephen avery lightly to call it entertainment but as a tv show i thought it was uh pretty captivating overall i feel like it was hard to stop watching it yeah uh antonio you're a lawyer i know this must it, it must be on your radar making a murderer what did you think how far did you get what was your what was your overall take on how much you got to see i'm actually only about six episodes in and i, yeah. I kind of had to quit watching because some of the things that are going on in the show, I've just, they're, it, this is not news to me, uh, professionally, personally, whatever. Like I've seen so many of these things playing out and there are things that have frustrated me professionally, things that have frustrated me personally about the law and the quote unquote system that everyone talks about. Uh, it's just, I've had so many firsthand experiences with it that uh, watching it on TV and seeing it play out like that was just sickening to me. And whether or not you want to make any judgments about um, any, and I'm not spoiling anything from the season, just any of the things that went on with the case or, or, or anything. It's just all of that uh, was, was really very real. And I was very impressed. I think the most impressive thing about making a murderer was the level of access and the level of material mm-hmm. that the people had. I mean, un, I, I'm almost as just unbelievable amounts of stuff there. So I was really pleased with that aspect of it. I thought it was a fantastically well-made piece from that standpoint. But yeah, it was also one that just really struck me very negatively for a lot of reasons that maybe are not present for other people. So I'm glad that it's uh, taking a foothold. These are things that people need to be talking about for sure. Yeah, I think I should have waited before I sat down to watch Making a Murderer because I started watching it about a day after I came home from Japan. I was in Japan for the past two weeks with my wife and some friends, and I was severely jet-lagged, and we decided it would be a great idea to try and stay awake by binging this show that everybody was talking about. And man, this is a, it's a very captivating, gripping, interesting show, but it is, it is long. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, it is long. It is, it's a hard binge, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, it is, it's a hard binge because it's, it's real. And the conversations that you're hearing between family members are, it's are tough. real. It's brutal. <laughs> yeah. It is not an easy binge. That's for sure. But some yeah. people, I, I have a question for both of you. And I think I might've said this in text to you, Rob, uh, but I don't know if I've talked to you about it, Josh. What is it about making a murderer uh, and serial that 
why isn't 2020 more popular with people of our age or uh, in these demographics of the people that are lapping up cereal and making a murderer? Why are we sort of obsessed with these true crime binges that were going on? And why aren't other shows that have been doing this for years uh, more popular or resonant with people that are loving making a murderer and cereal? Well, I have a theory about that. I think it's in the delivery mechanism because that all of these shows that you're talking about are all sort of like 10 p.m. network sort of like set up as news shows where you're just not finding that, you know, 20 something, 30 something audience. It's a lot of older viewers that have sort of like are used to watching those types of shows, whereas Serial is in the form of a podcast where you have even with uh, the Jinx was sort of like, a, you know, I'm sure a lot of people watched it on HBO Go. And then you have the Netflix with uh, Making a Murderer. So I think that the different delivery mechanism where you could sort of binge it all at once definitely makes it a much more palatable thing as opposed to just one hour that's interrupted by commercials every 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah, no, that sounds exactly right. And I think that it's, you know, it's, you know, there wasn't really anything like serial recently until that you could just like pop on your on your iPod and just really just go with it. And I think that the Netflix thing makes a huge, huge impact. Everybody is looking for that thing to binge and I don't know. I don't know what it is about true crime that's that's really resonating right now, but it's absolutely true. You know, we're just waiting now to see what's gonna what's gonna top making a murderer. Give it a few months. I'm sure we're gonna be talking about. I don't know. Killer Face is going to be <laughs> is going to be a thing. Really looking forward to Killer Face. Killer yeah. Face is going to be really good. Yeah. I've been I've been hearing pretty positive buzz on Killer Face. Killer Face Off season two will be good too. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I hope if I get murdered, I do hope that my murder is the subject of one of these like documentary series where I feel like that that would be a, a great way. I feel like if I'm going to get oh, murdered, yeah. I would just love to be part of this. Well, you got to imagine that we're going to be podcasting about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll take care of that. You'll I be thought, set. There will be podcasts about your demise yes. at the very least. Yeah, I was convinced, Rob, that your murder was going to be the subject of the scorned two. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not going to happen? Did I get the wrong memo? Yeah. <laughs> I should not admit that there's paper a paper trail here oh, planning God. making a making a Rob murder. Yeah. Yeah, let's avoid that. Antonio, what did you watch during uh, during the holiday season? How did you close out 2015? I watched a whole lot of Arrow and uh, yes, and, and Flash. I've, I've been. Oh my God, Kevin Mahadeo is going to be so happy that his yeah. work paid off. It did. Uh, it did. Really, it did. And it was sort of the most shows recapped kind of thing that opened the door for this for me. Just I had heard so many good things about these shows. Uh, having to kind of actually sit down and watch Arrow for the first time opened the door for me. And I, I mean, I, I'm in for the superhero shows mostly, uh, but really I was out on CW. I thought, eh, CW, it's not, it's just not going to produce TV that is going to anyway, not just upset me or aggravate me or make me annoyed at the kind of teen drama that I'm watching. And I, I it's my fault for having the wrong perception because I was really, really pleased with arrow. I'm in the middle of season three right now. Uh, and I'm really liking flash as well. So Good on those two for sure for really keeping my attention and keeping me entertained. And I'm I'm glad for Mosho's recap really to, to kind of put that in my realm. That's really yeah. where where it started. Yeah, no, I I am a big fan of both Arrow and The Flash. And when we talked about this on a, on several Mosho's ago, uh, when we had Kevin Mahadeo on here talking about that, I remember Rob. One of the things we talked about with you is like it's the superhero costume really gets in the way for you. Uh, I would I would advise that you you give it another shot, give it another look at some point down the line, because I know that you like to just have a TV show on in the background that's easy to watch. These are really easy shows to watch. Uh, Arrow and Flash are just action packed and hilarious. And 
uh, when they're when they're firing on all, all cylinders, it's really tough to beat those in terms of like really high octane, really fun action shows on TV right now. Well, which is the one that you would say is better to start with? Do I have to start with Arrow because chronologically it launches the Flash? I think that Antonio is a good person to answer this right now because he you're just now Antonio starting to get into the Flash, right? That is correct. And, and Flash season one starts to you know that started coming out at uh, the same time as Arrow season three. And I don't know in your experience. Experience encountering the Flash right now, Antonio. Is this a show that you really have to see the Arrow uh, seasons first? Well, it's interesting because what was happening is when we, Josh, when we kind of introduced this on Most Shows Recapped, you said you really liked the Flash better, and that you know the the world building that was happening in the Flash specifically, and the kind of tasks they were taking on in terms of the greater story they were telling. That was something that you found really captivating, and so you know I gave the Flash a shot, but. I had watched maybe three or four episodes at that point, and already within four episodes, a couple of characters from the Arrow universe had just showed up. Uh, they just showed up <laughs> right in the middle of the Flash, and so I was. Th- I thought to myself, I really feel like I need to understand the Arrow characters better to appreciate their appearance in the Flash. So I went back and, and watched Arrow at that point. Uh, right now, I prefer Arrow because I, I'm more kind of in bed with the characters. I've, I've known them longer. Uh, I've watched their episodes more. I'm sure I'll get there with The Flash. But yeah, I agree uh, in terms of what you're saying, Josh, which is that you can have those shows on in the background uh, and you don't have to pay you know just tons of attention to everything that's happening to enjoy what you're seeing you'll get it you'll get it it'll it'll manifest itself yeah osmosis even it'll just kind of soak its way into your brain Uh, like a like a a a tibetan viper poison if you will (laughs) something like that just like that. So I, I recommend that to you, Rob. I recommend that to, to everybody who hasn't uh, watched those shows yet. We'll talk about them again later in the podcast, I'm pretty sure. You know what? I actually am going to start my next binge watch on is going to be Sherlock. Oh, really? Yes. I, I, I love Sherlock. I mean, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big Sherlock Holmes fan in general of the stories of, of all of it. And I have really enjoyed the show Sherlock. That can be a little deep. Uh, they, they really get into the kind of relationships between the characters more than the mysteries themselves uh, as they get into the third season and this holiday special that just came out was a lot about that as well so um that one though is it's very entertaining and they do a lot of fun stuff with the kind of updating the character in a way that elementary also does but uh, in a way that i think is really kind of fun and really resonant they, they are kind of each movies almost mm-hmm. they're all about an hour and a half long or, or right around there. Uh, so there is that level of commitment on like a 40-minute TV show or a 20-minute TV show or whatever. Uh, but I do think it's worth it. If you like Sherlock at all, um, these are all very entertaining uh, shows that they've made with the this new kind of version of Sherlock. Now, Rob, if you watch Sherlock and you end up really, really liking Sherlock, is that going to boost Master of None's approval rating? In, in <laughs> well, the that's MCU? where I got the idea from. Yeah. Yeah, because there's this great scene in Master of None where they're where they're all binge watching Sherlock, and uh, uh, who is it? it's Eric of Tim and Eric fame. Yeah, he's yeah. Guy. He's like, oh, this is the greatest show of all time, and I have no idea what's going on. But that was the kind of stuff I really liked in Master of None. Like, I really liked where uh-huh. it was just sort of like the almost like where it was more Seinfeld than something that was the romantic comedy. And I felt like there were two different shows that Master of None was, and I liked I really liked one, and I didn't love the other. Mm, okay, got it. Um, so Sherlock, Sherlock's next on the docket for you. Yeah, it's coming up. Coming up. All right. So everybody look forward to the big Sherlock podcast coming from Rob Sesternino in like 
20 years because it's gonna it's gonna take a while it's not gonna take that long i'm up for several hours a night with a baby i'm i'm you know i've never gotten through shows faster short work short work of, of sherlock he's gonna get um, this be ready by monday anything else you've been you've been watching antonio or should we start talking about 2016 I've kind of uh, gone down the rabbit hole, just like you did, Josh, with the Star Wars universe. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rewatched every movie, uh, which I regret instantly on some of them. <laughs> yeah. Even the prequels? Uh, and, yeah, oh, I rewatched oh, no. the prequels. The prequels regret. are so good. No, they're terrible. Just open butt the entire time. They're garbage. <laughs> open um, butt? Yeah, well, I, I cleaned that up a little bit, but it's just a gaping. There's just, it's a bad deal. Ah, uh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, it's a bad yeah. deal, those movies. And yeah. even the third one, the third prequel, um, people are always like, it has its moments, I guess, but man, it is undone by the rest of it, which are not moments uh, that anybody wants to talk about. So yeah. I did that, though, because I just, you know, Force Awakens, so good. Uh, enjoyed your podcast with Kevin here on post shows recapped and uh, just really have opened the door to remembering what I watched when I saw return of the Jedi as a kid and thought it was the best movie ever. Uh, and now realizing that it also is not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Return of the Jedi. I mean, return of the Jedi right now is hard to grade because it's been so heavily manhandled by, by the special yeah. editions and it really got Lucas. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. really struck by that and rewatching it a couple of days ago. Like but- they got rid of yub nub. They really screwed up Jabba's palace and everything with the max. <laughs> Rebo band. I could talk about this for But a everybody's time. so happy at the end, Josh. Stop it. No, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> anyway, um, point yeah. being, I did I did get down that rabbit hole. You Star Wars. Do you Star I Wars? I did Star Wars. Rob, you lot. Star Wars? Sure. I went to go see the movie finally uh this past Sunday night and I did enjoy it. I've actually been watching a lot of Star Wars, but I've been watching a lot of the Lego Star Wars. Uh I'm not sure, Josh, is that canon Lego Star Wars? I don't know if it's canon. I don't know if that was expanded universe or if, is this current Lego Star Wars? Is this new Lego Star Wars or is this uh, pre-Disney Lego Star Wars? No, I think, I mean, it's on Disney. I, actually, if you've ever seen any of the Lego Star Wars stuff, it's actually very, very fun. But I've watched a lot of that with uh, my son, Dominic, and then we finally went to go see the movie the other night. And uh, it was definitely enjoyable. Yeah. You said uh, more fun than good. Right. I think it was That's your probably grade. more fun than good. I really enjoyed the first hour. And then I felt like uh, from like the mid point on, I said until the point when they started, like when they went to the bar, I felt like from that point on, thought they sort of lost the thread a little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, we, we definitely we did some Star Wars podcasting here at the end of the year last year, looking to maybe do a little bit more before we close the book on Star Wars completely. It is raking in money right now. The podcast. Uh, every, wow. Yeah. The podcast. I'm. <laughs> Mom, this is how did you think that I stole your chair, Rob? <laughs> wow. That's sweet Star Wars money. Yeah. yeah. That's so many uh, no, the movie, the movie, the movie is killing it. Killing it, killing it. Uh so we'll do we'll do a little more Star Wars chat here. All right, let's talk 2016. Let's say goodbye to 2015. Overall, fun year. Had a good time. 2016 looking pretty good. Antonio, what has you fired up in the near future or in the in the long term? What are you psyched about looking forward to 2016? Oh my gosh, Josh, so much. I mean, you talked about this. I, I, I got. I have to start off with this. You talked about with Terry Schwartz here at Post Show Recaps on the Game of Thrones book club this week. Uh, the fact that Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin, the author of the Game of Thrones series, uh, has announced the, the his World of Ice and Fire next book, Winds of Winter, uh, will not be coming Uh-oh. out uh, before season six uh, drops here. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, and that's a that's a big deal. You wrote a great article, I thought, Josh, for the Hollywood Reporter, uh, where you sort of drilled in the focus on this uh, and talked about how it's not necessarily a bad thing that for people who are fans of the book series, uh, some of the moments that have happened on the show that are jaw dropping moments 
uh, and I'm not going to get into the spoilers here, but they were jaw dropping because they weren't in the books and we didn't know what they represented for where the story was going to go. And there's a possibility that season six is going to have a ton of those things. And shouldn't we be excited about that? So I'm trying to focus on that. I'm trying to be really excited for the Game of Thrones season that's going to drop here in late April uh, on HBO. And I'm looking forward to that for sure, uh, especially in light of the news this week, which was disappointing but i'm trying to calibrate my focus the way you talked about in that article yeah well i think the other thing is too is i'm I'm seeing from a lot of people who have read the books who are fans of the books before they're fans of game of thrones a lot of those people i know including terry my co-host terry's boyfriend mike has said like i'm done i'm not watching the show until the books come out i I won't do it and i say to the i say to the mics of the world good luck uh (laughs) i i my heart goes out to you i first off i think you'll break uh, and secondly, I think you're making a big mistake because you're trying to avoid all these spoilers by not watching the show. But some Joe Schmo is just going to go on Facebook that night and drop the next big bombshell on you. And you're going to see it that way. And wouldn't you rather just see it on the show if you're going to get it ruined for you anyway? Uh, so I, I feel like, you know, it's the world we live in with Game of Thrones. The book is not coming out before the season. That's going to make the Game of Thrones book club podcast very interesting this season. We'll see how that goes. Rob, as, as somebody who doesn't come into Game of Thrones as a book person, you've listened to some of the audiobooks, you've enjoyed those. Um, what's, what's your take on all so of this? So pumped are, up. Are you, are you aware of this? I'm a, of course you are. Uh, you're, so you're like that show only viewer who is just like now. This is great. We're all going to be in this yeah. together. We're all in the same boat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and who's who's rowing that boat, Rob? Is it Gendry? Is that what's yeah. happening? Yeah, good. yeah. Gendry's about as good a, a fastest of rower yeah. as George R. R. Martin as a writer. So, look, you who knows what could happen? I mean, uh, a lot has been made about George R. R. Martin, and you know whether he's ever going to finish these books. You might be waiting around a long time if you're waiting for the books. So, I think yeah. that the TV show this is an event. This is like the last season or two of Breaking Bad. Yeah, how's it yeah, all going to yeah, play yeah. out? Yeah, I think the meta story around it is almost as interesting as the show itself right now, Uh, because I I don't remember when I said it. I know that I've said it before. Uh, It had to have been on one of the book club podcasts with Terry, where I said, I think that the book is going to come out before season six. I'm very hopeful that it will. And in George R. R. Martin's update about the whole situation, he says, like, that was absolutely the plan. Uh, I had a few opportunities to do it. I blew it. I screwed up. But that was certainly what they were driving toward. Uh, I thought that that's what was going to happen. And I think I've also said on the record, if not, let me say it now. Uh, if that book is not coming out before season six, there's a high chance that th- that book might never come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's very possible that the only way you're going to finish this story is on the show. Yeah, oh, it's going to be great. That's the world. <laughs> it's going to be great. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's not great for Antonio because I know, Antonio, you're you're a super, super book loyalist. Yeah. And I mean, I just... That's the way I took in this story. I mean, I read the Harry Potter books before all the movies were made, and I wouldn't have wanted to finish that story with the movies. And and that's not saying that there's a issue with the adaptation there. I don't want to be like, well, I have issues with the way the films were made. But I would say that – I don't know what that voice was, by the way. (laughs) Uh, I would say that, um, you know, you watch the movies. You don't get everything. You just don't. And it's the same way with the TV show. Um, Josh, I know you're a big, strong Bell Loss fan. Yeah. You just don't get everything that makes the books what they are. And that is, the books are going to have that if they ever do come out. So that's great. And they're, George R. R. Martin likes to talk about the butterfly effect a lot, where the changes that have been made in the show and the ways they've chosen to exclude certain storylines or characters will have a meaningful impact on the way they finish their story in a way that the story won't be told in the book. So there, there will be some differences, and that's all well and good. 
but some of these major plot points are the same. And I think we already probably got a couple of them last season. We just don't even realize it yet. And I think that that is, um, that's tough because as you're reading the book now, uh, you know what's going to happen. And that, that makes the experience of reading the book less enjoyable. There's no question about it. Yeah. So that's, that's tough. That was a big story. I got that news as soon as I got off my 12 hour flight. The first thing I saw when I turned my phone on was like, Hey, update on George R. R. Martin's live journal. You're not going to like it. Uh, <laughs> I loved that it was on his live journal. I still love that he's on there, but didn't like the update. <laughs> yeah, what is his Zanga page down? Yeah. Isn't it going to be great, though, when all the people that don't watch the TV show because they're waiting to read the books, like the next like Red Wedding, like there's going to be like all these YouTube videos of people who've seen the TV show that are just like filming, like when yeah. their friends get to that page in the book, and then when they put that on YouTube. <laughs> it's a much smaller market, yeah. though, right? <laughs> it's going to be a real niche market thing. Yeah, Alt-Shift-X, the prolific YouTuber, is going to have to really ramp down. <laughs> I like the idea of Rob of Terry filming Mike reading the book. Just <laughs> like, wait, his jaw dropping. Tell me when you get the to page four seventy two. Just throws it across. The Why? Room. What? What should I? What is something going to happen? No, no. I just I want to be in the room when you read that. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. So I think I think that would be that would be pretty good. I don't know. We'll we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, for me, I'm nervous because I've been doing the podcast with you, Rob, for a couple seasons now, and this is the first season where I've got like no heads up on any of you guys. So I'm just going to be terrible. It's like when I transitioned from Evolution of Strategy, where I knew every season of Survivor and I could talk about them long form, and then I had to get on know-it-alls and I knew nothing. It was the worst. <laughs> no, this is going to be really fun podcasting about Game of Thrones yeah. this season. Yeah. Um, I am very excited about some podcasting that you guys are going to be doing in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Rob and Antonio, if you guys don't know, are the team behind Better Call Saul podcasting here on Post Show Recaps. Season 2 is coming up in mid-February. I think it's February I want to say 17th, somewhere around there. I think there, it's the same uh, weekend as The Walking Dead. Yeah, I think so too, uh, which is Rob and I will be back with Walking Dead season six. Ah, you know, I'm still not ready really to, to dive into, into, <laughs> <Dumpster> <laughs> into Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm not ready to dumpster dive into any sort of faux Walking Dead optimism right now. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still a little raw from everything that happened in the first half of season six, but I'm really stoked for season two of Better Call Saul. Are you guys, is that even on your register yet? Are you guys starting to ramp up for that at all? I know that they haven't released any um, teaser trailers or anything, but there was a, a fun little poster of Bob Odenkirk like walking up, you know, doing a, a funny walk up a slope uh, that looked pretty good. What do, you, what do you guys think about Better Call Saul right now? I'm hyped. I don't know about you, Rob. I'm I'm definitely excited uh, for what's going to happen with this second season. The first season of Better Call Saul was very much almost like a extended sort of backstory of uh, the character trying to build up to this point. And I think in the second season, I'm looking forward to the possibility that we're going to see more of the Saul Goodman character. Not that I didn't like Jimmy McGill, but I think that we're going to, the possibility that we're going to see more of uh, the Saul Goodman kind of that we know from Breaking Bad uh, is very exciting. And I think they've really set the stage with a lot of the other things that I don't want to spoil for season one um, for the people that might be binging to catch up. But I think they've really set the stage with a lot of the other things that were happening near the end of the first season of Better Call Saul that I think could really bear some great fruit into the second season. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because I feel like I liked the first season, but I felt like there was a lot of me just like waiting for this transformation to become a little more complete. So 
I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where they go. And that's actually going to premiere on February 15th. So I think it's going to stay on the Monday night. I believe that February 14th is Valentine's Day. That is the premiere of the back half of the Walking Dead season. And then the next night is going to be the Better Call Saul. So that's going to be a very busy 24 hours or so on AMC. Yeah. And on Post Show Recaps. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Wow. Walking Dead on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're doing. That's, Sorry, honey. That's what we're doing. I'm in trouble. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what's happening on Valentine's Day is vinyl on HBO. Are either of you guys tracking vinyl? Yeah, I had that on the list of things that I would like to talk about because there was a news story today. Vinyl, if you if you're not if it's not on your radar, is a series uh, from essentially the team. Uh, I guess it's the team behind Boardwalk Empire. Um, HBO's vinyl. Um, it's starring Bobby Cannavale. Uh, and it's set in the 1970s and sort of the record industry. Uh, and it, it's got Terrence Winter as the sort of showrunner who was the Boardwalk Empire kind of showrunner. But it also has that same Martin Scorsese kind of uh, pedigree. Martin Scorsese is involved in the development of the show. Um, he famously was involved in the development of Boardwalk Empire and directed the pilot, but didn't really have much of a say over the show, uh, even though he was an executive producer throughout the run. There was an article that dropped today uh, that said not only is Martin Scorsese directing the pilot, but he's going to be more involved with vinyl than he was with Boardwalk Empire. And I think that that prospect is uh, very enticing. Yeah. Rob, are you, are, you, are you on the vinyl train? Are you on the vinyl hype train? I don't know. I feel like this is something, it looks great. The trailer looks awesome, but I feel like I could easily see this being very not good. I feel like it seems like an excuse to have a lot of cool stuff in one show, but I'm very worried about if it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, I like Bobby C. Yeah. No, he was good on Boardwalk Empire. I think he's great in everything he does. I mean, Ant-Man, which was good. It was fine. Mm-hmm. But he's hilarious in Ant-Man. He's great in everything he touches. He was great in Snakes on a Plane. Uh, he has a, a terrific, very super brief role. And I think it might only be the series finale of Oz. But he looks like a guy who should have been on Oz the whole time. I've been tracking him since then. He's a terrific actor. So I'm really excited to see that he finally has his own sort of uh, starring vehicle. I think that this is a, this looks like a good look, but I, I can see what you're saying that it might just be like, let's do another, I don't know, another boardwalk empire ish type of thing. Let's bring the team back together. But so many celebrities also are in it. And anytime you get like that many names in one thing, it makes me feel like it's going to be like these Valentine's day type movies where it's just, just to keep with the Valentine's day theme, of New Year's Eve or whatever these like star studded movies are where, you know, you get everybody on the set for like four days. Is it dice that puts you over the top, Rob? <laughs> it's got to be dice, right? Yeah, like that, Andrew that's Dice Clay. a good omen, dice being in it. Yeah. And I mean, you, I, I have some similar concerns. I actually, when I read that the, the story was in part kind of a Mick Jagger mm-hmm. story that he was exclusively, he's an EP on the yep. show. I thought, okay, this is just going to be like, you know, glory boy kind of, this is how awesome things were. Isn't this great? Like there's a danger that this won't have any real teeth to it. And it will be just kind of like rock stars are awesome. And this is awesome. And I, I, I am concerned about that. But I agree with Josh that Bobby Cannavale, maybe his best work was on Boardwalk. He did win the Emmy Award uh, for his you know, role as Gip Rossetti on Boardwalk Empire. Uh, and so he's working with the people 
that cast him on that show, that wrote that character for him, and that got that performance out of him. So uh, I think that that's encouraging because if there is any depth to this show beyond we're going to do a bunch of drugs and live like crazy people and have a lot of sex and play loud music, then the the depth could really bring uh, something out of that character and Bobby Cannavale could bring it together. So I'm excited about that. I I already saw it being called White Empire. Mm. White Empire. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I don't feel great about that. So we'll see where that plays out and how those two compare. But uh, it's HBO. So you're going to, I mean, everybody's going to give it a look. And if it, if the pilot's good at all, I think people will stick around. Yeah. White Empire does not sound like a, a good name for a show. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like a good name for yeah, anything, yeah. to be fair. And frankly, it sounds like the alternate name for like every show. <laughs> yes. Like the man in the high castle. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, all right. So let's, let's dial it back uh what are, what are some of the other shows that, that we're pumped about let's start talking about some of the new shows in the spirit of vinyl vinyl's a brand new show uh rob are there any brand new shows that are coming up in 2016 that have really uh piqued your curiosity well i'm not sure if you would necessarily call this a brand new show and maybe a little bit of a spinoff on an existing franchise but i am very excited about the american crime story which is coming to fx which is a little bit of a spinoff on the American Horror Story franchise from Ryan Murphy. Are you guys on top of this, Antonio? That is this uh, piquing your interest? The People versus OJ Simpson? Yeah, yes. the, the Peeps versus OJ. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm trying to remember what FX show I was watching last fall where I saw promos for uh, this American Crime Story over and over and over again. And uh, they, the first one was just a tease with a dog barking and the camera kind of panning down and you realize you're outside Nicole Brown Simpson's house the night of the murder. And that's the barking dog mm-hmm. that everybody <laughs> talked about in a lawsuit. And I thought, okay, this could be good. But then, I don't know. The John Travolta's Robert yeah. Shapiro thing, it's put me off a little no, bit. No, this is going to be great because just like I was saying, like the things I was worried about with vinyl, like I feel like that that's exactly the same thing going on here, but I don't necessarily need it to be good. This is basically like the Sharknado of legal drama. And I feel like that this <laughs> right. is going to be really fantastic. You've got, you mentioned Travolta, Cuba Gooding Jr. is OJ, uh, David Schwimmer is in there, Connie Britton. Uh, Nathan Lane is playing <laughs> F. Lee Bailey, which is fantastic. <laughs> and, and Malcolm Jamal Warner is playing AC, <laughs> playing Al Cowlings. So, like, what could go wrong? It's going to be great. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I just love this, like, pre-Kardashian Kardashian look that we're going to get with David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian and Selma Blair as Chris Kardashian. It's just going to... I think that there's gonna, they're going to net in some people who are looking for keeping up with the Ks, and they're going to come in, and they're going to see something that they do not recognize. Yeah. That'll be a great most shows recap that week. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I'm looking... For that reason alone, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, sure. February 2nd is, uh, is American Crime Story. Yeah, the trailers have been great. I mean, you call it an American Horror Story spinoff, Rob. And I mean, I guess technically it's from Ryan Murphy. It's American Blank Story. Uh, but if they're going the American Horror Story route, this is going to be a, a wonderful disaster to behold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, <laughs> because American Horror Story is trash. That's what it this is. is. It, it is trash. So you think that this is going to be trash? You don't think that they are going to attempt at no. all to tell, you know, like a well-crafted, you know, well-articulated version of these events? This is from the mind <laughs> that brought you Glee and Scream Queens. We're going to talk about the OJ trial. Yeah. Like it, it's meant <laughs> yeah. to be trash. Oh, it's God. a made-for-TV movie over ten episodes. Uh-huh. What could go wrong? 
Yeah, what so could much. Go wrong? Yeah. So it's much not go going wrong. to be good. I mean, it is Sharknado. It's yeah. it's like you're there to watch all of the crazy stuff happen, to watch all the celebrities. And yeah. I think that if anybody's coming into this expecting something serious, then they're watching the wrong show. Sharknado, Jay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still I'm still find it very intriguing. I I'm, I remember watching the trial. Like I mean, I I remember every aspect of it. I was fascinated. I remember the day when the car chase happened, the sporting events I was watching. They were cutting in. Yeah, like this is this is a major part of my life. I remember it vividly, and I'm very much looking forward to. I mean, even seeing the promos. I spent one night for about three hours. This is no joke just reading all the various Wikipedia pages for all the people that were involved in the case, kind of refreshing my memory. Cause I still to this day don't understand how the hell Cato Kalen gets that gig. How is he living in that guest house? Like no big deal. Cause I want to do that. Like, what do I have to do to go live in a celebrity's guest house and maybe be a witness in a murder trial? I want in, let me know how I do it. Do you, I have to deal drugs? Is that what it was? You've got better intel on this than we do. So yeah, I mean, I think that he must have been dealing. You drugs. do some digging and you let us know because I think I, we would we would be into that. Anyway, a well. point is, I'm excited about this for sure. Who's gonna have uh, the chainsaw? Who's gonna be the iron zeering of this thing of this Sharknado J? It's a fair question. I, I I'm not I'm not 100 sure on is that. Is that John Travolta? <laughs> Nathan Lane is Effley Bailey is my go to. Who's that Judge Ito? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Kenneth Choi is Judge Ito. It says mm. here, so not familiar with uh, his work. You um, saw him on he, Sons of Anarchy. Played you Henry are. Lynn. Yeah, he's the Henry Lynn of the Lynn Triad. <laughs> Rob, great. remember Sons of Anarchy? <laughs> yes, remember that? Yes, show? I vaguely recall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he'll be he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. That, Keeping it in the great. FX family. Yeah, this is a weird one for FX to be doing, but I think I, that's going to be a really fun week of podcasting at the very oh, least. I'll be live that tweeting show. that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> live tweeting the whole <laughs> American crime story. Yeah, that might be a weekly podcast. I mean, we were talking about uh, Killer Face. I think that we found the next uh, the next serials and uh, making a murderer. Mm-hmm. It's going to be American crime story. Everyone's going to be in. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I I'm looking forward to to that. I. I, I'm I'm just thinking like I'm leapfrogging from American Crime Story about O.J. Simpson to O.J. O.J. Simpson being in Naked Gun to uh, a Naked Gun type of show that is premiering I think in two weeks or so called Angie Tribeca. Are you guys in on Angie Tribeca at all? Is that a TBS show? This is um, Angie Tribeca is a TBS show. Yeah, I it's, heard about this. It's Rashida Jones as Angie Tribeca, who is a 10-year veteran of the Los Angeles Police Department's elite RHCU, which is not to be confused with RHAP. It is Really Heinous Crimes Unit is what it is. And it is uh, it is described as a series of police procedurals in the spirit of The Naked Gun. It's produced by Steve Carell. It's got our boy Antonio Jer Burns is going to be on oh as as Rashida Jones's boss. Uh, and Win Duffy? Yeah, yeah. Win Duffy is going to be in playing Win Duffy? I wish. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Chet Atkins is going to be his name. So that oh, sounds like a, a winner. Chet in the Atkins making. like a guitar player or something? Yeah, I think so. Anyway. Um, so we've got we've got that in the mix. And what they're doing that's going to be interesting is it's going to be uh, it's going to be loaded up with with guest stars. Bill Murray is supposedly in the mix. James Franco, Adam Scott, a bunch of people are going to be showing up. But what uh, what TBS is doing is they are airing all 10 episodes of the first season in a 25-hour marathon ad-free on, uh, I believe it's January 17th is when they're doing this. And then a week later, they're going to start premiering season two. Uh, So they're doing all of season one as one binge day on January 17th. I don't know when it goes online or anything like that, but they are dumping an entire first season on a random January 17th 
and a week later coming back with an entire second season. So that's oh, wow. like that sounds like a really fun, crazy day to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that might be why I heard about it. It's because of the non traditional way that the show was being presented. Um and I think that is is where it was on my radar. Uh, it is interesting. I mean, the police procedural sort of ripe for a send up. Uh, Barney Miller did it. Brooklyn Nine Nine doesn't really do it. That is more of a kind of a workplace comedy set within a precinct in Brooklyn, uh, but it doesn't really send it up. There was a show um, that was on. I don't remember what network it was on. It was either on Adult Swim uh, or it was on Comedy Central. The NTSF SDSUV show. Do you remember, are you guys either familiar with that? Vaguely, I am not. There was a Paul Shear uh, yeah. and. And a lot of other kind of comedians. It was like a 15 minute episode kind of thing. And it was a combination of all of the, I mean, you could see in the title, NTSF, SD, SUV. Uh, and it's, it's really a play on all of those kind of procedural shows, police shows. Rob, I know you're not a big fan of those kind of shows. Is seeing them kind of spoofed in a comedy something that piques your interest? I mean, I feel like I would definitely find it to be funny, but it's not the kind of thing that I would tune in for every week. Or for would, would you two seasons for, worth in two days. For 25 hours in a row? <laughs> I mean, I, I love The Naked Gun, but I feel like that I, uh, I don't know if I could binge watch. I mean, it would have to, I'd have to hear it would be like particularly hilarious. I like the concept. I like the people who are involved. Rashida Jones is great. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like there's some some other Parks and Rec people involved, Antonio. I know that that's really up your alley. Uh, so, I don't know. One, one to watch Where for Where are sure. they dumping I mean, it the whole first season? They're going to air it all on TBS? All on TBS. TBS. Not TBS.com or something like that? No, it's going to air no. 10 episodes in one day? On, on the network, on TBS, on the channel. It is happening on January 17, 2016. I have no idea what their plans are for afterward, where they're placing that, if it's going on Netflix or on TBS.com or Hulu or whatever. Right. I feel like they're not getting the idea of the binge watches <laughs> on demand. It's not like all the... <laughs> I gotta imagine that they're going to do the on-demand thing afterward, but... But I think it's just kind of like this sort of event of let's, you know, let's see. Let's see if we can do something different if it gets any notice. I got notice from me. I thought I think it sounds funny. I think it's like I said, I think that's why it was on my radar. I was also I might have read an article about, you know, sitcoms that are coming up in the next couple of weeks or months. (laughs) Another one that's really exciting to me is Baskets which is a show that's uh, debuting on FX January 21st. It is uh, Zach Galifianakis' vehicle, but it's the first show that was really created out of Louis C.K.'s kind of multi-show deal that he signed with FX after the success of Louis. So this is a show that's been created by Louis and Zach Galifianakis, sort of a weird kind of absurd comedy. And Galifianakis plays a, a, a like a would-be clown, like a guy who failed out of clown college. <laughs> And his name is Chip Baskets. And I don't know <laughs> if you've seen any of the kind of commercials for this, but the show looks absolutely absurd. Like it looks ridiculous. I laughed out loud at one I saw today where she was somebody was dropping Zach Galifianakis' character off at a hotel. <laughs> she says, oh, this is where you live. It's like a motel. And he says, oh, yeah, this is it. it don't worry. It's just permanent. And then he <laughs> just gets out of the car and she beeps the horn at him. And he angrily turns around and throws like a full drink at the hood of the car and everything explodes. And she's like, you left your stuff in the car. And he's like, oh, oh. Yeah, sorry, sorry. That was a you know, it's it's Zach Galifianakis. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to checking this show out. It looks completely ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot of clips on YouTube about it. It's very funny. Yeah, that that looks good. I uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I I got uh, the press kit from FX the other week um, of the new season of Always Sunny. 
And I don't know if you guys are, are big into Always Sunny. I know we talked about it a little bit during our Halloween chat. I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I, it is, it is, I'm waiting to watch it. It is uh, the sequel. The first episode of the new season is a sequel to Charlie McDennis, the, the Game it. of Games. I watched it. Yeah. It was very entertaining. How is it? Um, is it good? Yeah, it's very entertaining. I mean, the Game of Games still stands true. The Sunny the, That Sunny has any legs at all at this point in its run is pretty impressive. And <laughs> I think they find a way to repeat the antics of Charlie McDennis while also improving on them in a way that it wasn't a wasted episode for the sequel. I enjoyed it, and I'll be looking forward to checking out this season for yeah. sure. Uh, what, are, what are some of the other uh, comedies that were on your radar, Antonio? Um, it's interesting because there is a series of, you know, the the way the kind of network sort of mid-season comedies, are, are they don't usually go very well. Uh, and it's, it's like the, you know, if, if they're saving a show for mid season and it's a new show, most of the time, that means they weren't really very high on it. There are probably issues where they're not promoting it correctly and things are not looking that great in terms of the debut. Uh, but it's obviously not that way with cable shows. And so, uh, Silicon Valley is coming back. It's not a debut, uh, but it will be back right around the time of game of Thrones. That's a, obviously an HBO show. Great comedy. I love that show. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that come back. I don't know, Rob, are there any that are on your radar that you're just like, I can't wait to see this uh, this this show? I, I'm interested in your take on, Rob, on the Bill Simmons show that's going to be showing up on HBO. Yeah, point. it doesn't seem like that they've got much of the thread of the idea of that show yet, because I think they're just calling it like the untitled like Bill Simmons show. Like the, I don't even think the show has a name. So I think that's going to be. Uh, really interesting to see what they ultimately uh, do with that uh, coming up later on in the year. Uh, how about Fuller House? Are you guys excited for this? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm super. You got it, dude. I'm in. I'm in on Fuller House. I can't imagine that you guys are in on Fuller House. <laughs> I'm in. I mean, I'm definitely in? in out of a point of sheer curiosity of to see an episode or two. Like, I feel like that to watch it, I'm definitely I'm 130 percent in on the first episode but it's like <laughs> it turns that, out that it's it. just like a uh actually like they're just like doing full house episodes where it's like the same sort of like you know uh kitschy type uh, I, i'm not sure how many episodes i will continue to binge watch i'll i'll watch them all yeah i'll, I'll watch them all and i'm threatening a, a podcast about fuller house I'm definitely out yeah. from Fuller House. So we're, uh, I would love we're to be. I would love here. to be there. Uh, I just don't yeah. know. Ultimately, you know, if it's I love the idea of the reunion, but if we're just going to like just pick up where we left off and not continue, like you, you know, if it's the same exact tone as the original Full House, and we're just doing more episodes about like oh, like oh, like the dog ate my homework. I don't know how many. Well, episodes. what do you want it to be like? Really serious? Do you want it to be dark? Dark, like dark, dark. Fuller House. Yeah, I want yeah. to get into Stephanie's meth addiction. Yeah. Oh no, no that's too close to home. That. Too close. Too close. It. Too close. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's already that would uh, that would sweeten the pot. That would sweet- yeah. <laughs> because I feel like that the the first episode is going to have a lot of the catch up on everything. And I feel like, you know, then I think it'll be always fun if like the adults, if the guys show up, but as far as like following what DJ and Kimmy Gibbler are doing on like an average week, I don't know if that's necessarily going to hold my attention. It'll hold mine. I'm in, (laughs) I'm in on that. That sounds, that sounds great. I mean, you know what the premise is, right? Yeah, I know the premise. Yeah. The premise for those of you who don't is like, it's the, it's like the dark universe mirror inverse of what happened to G- DJ's father and what happened to her herself, in fact. 
Uh, DJ's father, Danny Tanner, obviously widowed. That's the premise of Full House, where he needs assistance from Joey and Uncle Jesse, and they need to come in and help him raise his three young children. And DJ now in Fuller House it has grown up and has suffered the same fate. Where she was married, she has two, or I think three, three boys maybe, and they are all now without a father because the same thing happened, where there's some tragic accident that has left her widowed, and now she needs the help from Stephanie and Kimmy to be her Jesse and Joey, and that's horrible. That's like, if you want dark, like, that's already pretty dark as a premise. <laughs> well, actually, the reason why Game of Thrones was delayed, George R.R. R. Martin was actually writing <laughs> Fuller House. Yeah. Yeah, he is the only thing he likes more than the Giants and the Jets is Full House. Yeah. He's a big, big fan of House Tanner. We should have known, yeah. by the way, that there was something up with George R. R. Martin with the fact that he couldn't pick between the Giants and the Jets. <laughs> like, that's clearly a problem. I I'm think sorry. he goes uh, Giants over Jets. Yeah, but he, he's in the tank for both of them. Yeah. So pick a team, George. Yeah. It's the Jets. It's not the Giants and the Jets. Pick a team and go with it. But you're in for George R. R. Martin's Fuller House is what you would prefer. <laughs> I would watch that. I would go. I, wa- I would watch Fuller go easy on the house. No. Like I would watch like <laughs> that. I would watch that show. Like, but it's not going to happen that way. It's just going to be. I think it's just going to be a you know pretty like nostalgia looking at the camera doing takes. Like I don't want that. I don't want like. I don't want to see what the Kimmy Gibbler version of Uncle Joey is. Like, I really don't need to see that. So, I want it. I do. Yeah, I that's fine. It. That's fair. I mean, if they rebooted the Cosby Show, I'd be all in. They're actually but I rebooting guess the, rest the Cosby of the world Show. That's going to be the second season of American Crime yeah. Story. <laughs> there, there it is. Malcolm Jamal Warner so, is going to stay on also. Uh, we come full circle. Malcolm Jamal Warner is the Jessica Lange in this instance. <laughs> that's a, yeah, Just in every single season? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Malcolm Jamal Lange. Wow. That's good. I like that. All right. Well, we're we're running up against the clock here. Any other shows you guys want to mention before we sign out here? Antonio, starting with you. I mean, there's so many good shows that, or, or seemingly good shows that will be dropping in 2016. Uh, I think that it's worth kind of just staying tuned. We don't really know what the next big craze will be. Netflix has a show called Stranger Things that's coming out. That's sort of a sci-fi drama that's set in Montauk that you guys, in 1980, you guys might find this super resonant. I don't know. Uh, there's some, I mean, Paul Rudd's got a Netflix show, or not Paul Rudd, Judd Apatow has a Netflix show. Uh, coming out and and in kind of in that vein um, you've got a Netflix show that's probably coming from Mitch Hurwitz whether it's Arrested Development or whether it's the one he's been working on uh, with Will Arnett there's a show there so you've got billions coming on HBO with Damian Lewis from the Homeland fame and Paul Giamatti that uh, looks interesting and that people have already seen I'm super excited for Preacher, Josh, Preacher oh, on AMC, uh, which people are already watching the pilot. I'm so jealous of them. I'm really excited for Preacher to come out uh, and really looking forward to Preacher dropping this year. So th- those are you know, there's so many shows that are coming out, but I think there's going to be some ones that that really pop and so many good ones that uh, that we're going to find a way to talk about here on most shows recapped and maybe at a longer version of an episodic kind of thing on post show recaps itself. Yeah. You said preacher, and I, I've got feelings about preacher. We'll we'll get there. Preacher is uh, it's a comic book adaptation that's coming to AMC, uh, the same network as Walking Dead. Different comic book publisher. It's coming from Preacher, my favorite comic book of all time. I have lots of feelings about this show coming up. Uh, yeah. 
Rob, what are some of the other shows that, that you haven't hit on that you feel like we got we to gotta hit before we get well, it? Well, I feel like we're going to get a lot of hate mail if we don't at least mention the return of the X-Files coming back to Fox at yeah, the end of, of January, course, especially. Yeah. I feel like uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick has a draft of an email ready to go as we're getting close to the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Hit delete, Brendan. <laughs> yeah. So the X-Files are, now are either of you guys X-Files, and I'm saying that with a P-H. Right. Uh, I'm like a fair weather X-File. I enjoyed X-Files. I was never religiously into the show. I did not watch it week to week. I would say I've probably watched about 35% of the X-Files, which is not great, but I've seen enough to know who like Agent Doggett is. Wow. Other than the Agent Doggett reference, that's exactly my experience. So uh, I am looking forward to this. I considered, do I want to try to go back and watch all the X Files? They're they're available. You can get on Netflix, and I'm I'm still considering that. But I'm I am looking forward to it coming back. I was looking at um somebody wrote a guide of uh, how how to watch the X Files. That I was conf- I was considering that i was looking at it's like a trimmed order of x files of episodes that you absolutely need to watch in order to be on pace for the show but even watching in that order requires two full weekends of non-stop watching on those saturdays and sundays like 18 hours of watching on both days in order to be Wait, fully what? caught up with the x files yeah yeah so i don't i don't have that in me unfortunately not gonna happen uh but i'm sure we'll, we'll find some way to talk about x files with some people who are really into x files We'll get that going on, uh, but yeah, I think X Files is obviously that's the that's the big exciting thing of January. Maybe not for these three, but for many of you out there. Yeah. All right, that's gonna that's gonna about do it. Unless you guys have anything else, I'm good. What about a hashtag, Josh? Hashtag, hashtag. Ah, there's a few. I mean, open butt was in no. there for a while when Antonio said <laughs> no, that. But don't look, that's probably already cut in out you. of the show. I don't even think that there should be the hashtag. <laughs> I feel like we should close open. But, don't don't um, search for that. Yeah, um, I, well, it was very funny when you were talking about uh, filming, throwing the books. But I don't know what the no what the hashtag there. Is. It has to be got a good one? Sharknado J. Sharknado J. Sharknado J. Yeah, yeah. that's that's it. That's, that's pretty good. good. So it's really just Sharknado with a J. At the <laughs> Sharknado. Sharknado. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Sharknado. I think if we were to to vote for one that we were collectively most excited for, I feel like Sharknado is probably the it's probably running away with it. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm in on I'm in on Sharknado. So give us some hashtag Sharknado if you made it all the way to the end of Mosho's recap back in 2016. We're kicking this thing off. We're gonna be here every week giving you some new new podcasting about new shows uh follow rob on twitter he's at rob sesternino antonio is at ac mazzaro two z's one r i'm at round howard and we will be back next week and we're talking about something really cool next week we're going to be talking about a show that i actually have seen a little bit of you can actually watch the first episode of it right now it's called colony have you guys uh, are you guys hip to colony i've seen the promos for it uh and i've seen the first episode antonio's seen the first episode so just the very quick rundown on colony colony is a usa show uh before you get all a usa that's the mr robot thing right now usa is really in right now uh colony is josh holloway who plays sawyer on lost reuniting with carlton cuse who's one of the co-creators uh of lost one of the co-showrunners of lost and it is a story set in los angeles in the nearest future with a really crazy sci-fi backdrop some sort of 
potentially extraterrestrial, potentially something else. Some sort of visitor has come down and conquered what seems to be all of Earth, and now we're dealing with it, and it is kind of Lost meets Battlestar Galactica meets 24 with Lori from The Walking Dead. So if Ooh. that sounds if that sounds up your alley, that's I, I've really enjoyed what I've seen of it so far. So we're going to talk about that in greater detail next week when Mo Show's Recap returns. Other than that, that's it for this week. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.